Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blessed Life Podcast, where we walk together into the promises of Jesus. Thanks for listening today. My name is Eric. I am the discipleship pastor here at New Life Lutheran Church. Today on our podcast, we are finishing up our Habits of a Disciple series. We've been doing this series for several months now, and we walked through what discipleship is. We talked about scripture and prayer and worship being central to our developing our identity. And uh, we've been talking the last couple of weeks, last month or so, about how we act toward other people, how we interact with the people around us. We talked about vocation in our spheres of influence. We talked about neighboring and engaging with the marginalized and with those who are very close to us. And today we're talking about generosity and generosity as a habit that we develop, something that we do as disciples. Now, in order for us to be generous people, which we are commanded to be generous in the scriptures, and in order to be generous people, we have to back up and we have to understand how God has designed the world. You see in Genesis 1 and 2, we are told the account of creation. And what we see in Genesis 1 and 2 is a world that is full of abundance. In fact, it is a world overflowing with life. That this life is bursting forth out of the ground and out of the sea and out of the air. There is life filled everywhere. In, in Genesis 1, we are told about the different places in our world. The sky and the water and the land. And then in the second part of the creation account, we are told how these areas, the air, the sea, the land are filled. In fact, overflowing with life, with animal life and plant life and food. And we hear about God creating humans and he blesses the humans and therefore all creation. He blesses all creation. And he says, be fruitful and multiply to mate and make more of you, to fill the earth and to subdue it. And all the plants of the, the land and all the fruits of the trees, they are all for the creatures to eat. And in this image of this abundant creation, it seems like there's almost going to be too much for the creatures to ever eat. There's, there's never going to be scarcity in this world that God created. There's always going to be enough that no matter how fruitful, how much the creatures multiply, there will always be enough. Genesis 1 and 2 show us a world of abundance that God has created. Now in Genesis 3, this is when we hear about the fall, about the fall of Adam and Eve. And I don't even really like to use that term, the fall. Um, I like to call it a rebellion. It's a rebellion against God. Now, when Adam and Eve rebel against God, it, it, they rebel because of a lie that the enemy tells, the Satan. He comes to them in the snake and he tells them a lie. He presents them a possibility that they had not thought of yet. Because in this world of abundance, there was no scarcity. There was no possibility of scarcity. But the snake, the enemy, introduces the possibility of scarcity. And the snake says to Eve, did God really say you can't have any of the fruit of the trees? 
Now, up until this point, Eve would not have considered this an option. But now the snake introduces this as an option. Now, Eve immediately recognizes that this is uh, not true. And she says, no, 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 we can have all the fruits of the trees except for the tree, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And she tells the snake that God said that if they eat that, they will surely die. And then the snake introduces this twist on the truth. He introduces this lie. He introduces this scarcity that they hadn't been, that they hadn't considered yet. And he says, you will surely not die, but instead you will be like God. That you will know the difference between good and evil. That you will be like God in this. Be able to determine right and wrong. Being able to choose for yourself what is good and bad. So the enemy starts by introducing the possibility of scarcity in food. With the fruit of the trees kind of twist on the, the lie that he introduces. And then he provides this scarcity mindset that God might be withholding something from them. That God is hiding something from them. And this is the great lie of the snake. That there's scarcity in this world of abundance that God has created. And so, of course, then Adam and Eve, they want that. They take for themselves what they, what they, what wasn't theirs. They took they took for themselves what wasn't theirs and they took the fruit and they ate it out of this fear of not having enough of knowledge. And then in Genesis chapter four, we hear this second sin, this kind of second rebellion that happens. And it's between Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel are the children of Adam and Eve and they come before God and they, they offer sacrifices and God favors the sacrifice of Abel. And there's some traditions that tell us why this might be, but this is unimportant to the story itself, that God favors the sacrifice of Abel and Cain begins to become jealous of Abel. And Cain becomes, he becomes downcast because of this. And God warns him that sin is at the door waiting to pounce on him like a beast. Cain, though, he dwells on this. And what happens to Cain is that he is fearful of not having enough blessing from God. He is fearful that because God favored Abel's sacrifice, that Cain would not have enough blessing. That Cain would somehow be second class, which the story never indicates that. God never says that. It does not say that God favored Abel in some way and gave him more good things, gave him more blessings. It doesn't say that. It just said that God favored Abel's sacrifice. As far as we know, God is willing to and wants to bless both of them equally. But Cain hears this scarcity lie again, and he's afraid that there's not enough blessing. And so he rises up against his brother and he kills his brother presumably in order to have more of the blessing. So in the first four chapters of the Bible, we have introduced to us this abundant world and this enemy, this Satan, that is going to lie in order to convince us that the world is not in fact abundant, but is in fact scarce. 
that there's not enough for us, not enough either knowledge or food or blessing for us. So to be generous people, one of the first things we have to do is cultivate this attitude of abundance because the attitude of scarcity is sinful. The attitude of scarcity does not come from God, but that comes in fact from the enemy, the Satan. And this mindset of scarcity of me needing to get mine and I need to be taken care of and I need to take care of myself, this, this idea of scarcity, it actually turns us in on ourselves and we become selfish. But God presents us with a different way, a life of abundance and therefore a life of generosity. And here's the thing about this abundance and generosity is that abundance and generosity does not have anything to do with wealth. That there's not a correlation between more wealth and more generosity or abundance. This is not the case. In fact, Jesus, he teaches the the disciples at one point, he says, look at the birds. Look at them and observe them. They always have enough food and they can always find what they need to make a home. And he says, how much more does your father in heaven love you than he loves the birds? If they have what they need, God will give you what you need. And he says, look at the flowers of the field. And he says, even the most kingly king, the most royal king, cannot be dressed up as beautiful as the flowers. And yet how much more does God love you than the flowers of the field? And then he says, do not worry. Do not worry about what you will eat or drink or be clothed with because God will give it to you. He will provide you what you need. The vision of Jesus is a vision of abundance, that there will be enough, but that does not mean that we will be wealthy. And that does not mean that more wealth equals more abundance because abundance is a mindset. It's an attitude. It's a, it's, it's a way that we approach our life and approach our resources and approach our time. So even in poverty, we can live abundantly because God gives abundantly and the gospel gives us his blessings abundantly. So in order for us to be generous, we have to cultivate this abundance mindset, this mindset that I have enough, that I am taken care of, that I trust in God, that he is giving me everything that I need in this moment, that he is giving me everything that I need in this life. So how much money we make or how much money we donate to the church or to charities, that is not the marker of our generosity. The goal is not to have more money so that we can give more money. We must become generous with our entire lives. This includes our time, our talent, and our resources. This includes caring for the weak, the sick, and the distressed. This includes caring for those people who cannot take care of themselves by giving up our time, maybe time that we would be spending uh, having our kids be involved in sports or extracurriculars or time that we could spend taking care of our own home and maybe doing that big project that we've been wanting to do for so long. Being generous means giving up some of our time in order to care for those who can't care for themselves and to serve those who are weak, to serve those who are sick, to serve those, to serve those who are distressed. And we also give up our talent. If we can 
build things or if we can have conversations with people or if we can organize to help take care of someone in their time of need to help take care of a family. This is the way that we give our talents. We're generous with our talents. And yes, we might have resources that are available to them that we can give to them. If that's money or if that's other goods that we have or goods that we can sell in order to help them out, there are things that we can do and give up in order to be generous. But you see that you don't need a lot of money to do those things. You don't need a lot of money to open up your life and be generous with your life to those who are sick, weak, and in distress. And this also includes supporting the church by giving of our time, talent, and resources for our congregation to the ministries that our congregation does together, to be involved in the ministry teams and the life groups and those kinds of things that we have opportunities to do here at New Life. Being generous with our lives is doing those things, is being plugged into what our church is doing, being plugged into what our congregation is doing and serving with other Christians. You see, generosity, there are some very practical things that we can do. Care for the sick, care for the weak, care for the distressed. Give to the church and help and serve at the church. These are all practical ways that we can cultivate this abundant attitude, this mindset of abundance. Because it's not about money. If you have money, and there are some people who can make lots of money, I call it the spiritual gift of making money hand over fist. Some people have that Midas touch, and whatever it is that they do, they are successful and they make lots of money in it. If that's you, fantastic. Give lots of money. But not all of us are that way. And so all of us, though, we have things that we can give. We have things we can be generous with. And we have to be generous with our whole lives, not just with our pocketbook but with our whole lives. And you see how this generosity ties in closely with vocation and neighboring. Because as we develop this attitude of abundance, we begin to open up our time and our lives more to our work that we do in our workplaces, in the church, in our neighborhood. And we are more open to our neighbors and to those who are marginalized by society, those who are low lives and scum of the earth. We open ourselves up more and more to those people and more and more to those spaces and the people that are in those spaces. And suddenly our lives are truly abundant. We have friends and neighbors and loved ones that we care for and that care for us. And we truly are participating in God's work of bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. So cultivate this attitude of abundance. Cultivate this bigness that God has for us. That you will always have enough and you will always be cared for, cared for by God. So open up your hearts. Open up your hearts to your workplaces and your neighborhood and your congregation, your church. Begin serving and loving those who are marginalized in society and be generous. Be generous with your life, with your time, with your talent, and your resources. Thanks so much for listening. God bless you and have a great week.